video in your business doesn't have to be difficult or expensive. It's about mastering a few skills, developing some systems, and changing mindsets. Welcome to Stand Out, the podcast dedicated to helping you share your message more effectively on camera and attract more clients and customers. I'm your host, Cheryl Tan. I'm a business owner, a content creator, a speaker, and a longtime TV news anchor and host. Over the years, I've interviewed thousands of people, and I'm taking what I learned in the newsroom to help you grow confident on camera. Together, you and I are going to figure out the tech, train your team, and create your own amazing platform online. Today, we're talking about podcasts and what you'll learn from our next guest, Kelly Glover, the CEO of the Talent Squad, will help you stand out, whether you're a guest on someone's podcast or YouTube show or weekly Facebook Live. I loved my conversation with Kelly, and there are invaluable takeaways in our discussion, like what things you can do to be the very best podcast guest, the one the host remembers in a good way the critical steps you should take before coming on anyone's show, and the one thing you need to do before sending a podcast pitch. I talk with students in my video boot camp about the concept of getting ready before you're ready. That's one of the points you'll take away from my conversation with Kelly. Speaking of getting ready before you're ready, I've got some exciting things happening. I'd love for you to be a part of it. Go to CherylTanMedia.com slash waitlist to sign up to hear what we're planning next for the video bootcamp. Now, my conversation with Kelly Glover. Kelly, welcome to the show. I am so thrilled to have you on the program today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I have to say I have a little bit of a publicity crush on you. So <laughs> I do, I do. Well, I wanted to talk with you here on the show because of your background and because we, I know, have different backgrounds, but sort of similar. And so I'm going to have you first tell my audience what it is you do right now and how you got into what you do right now. And then we'll talk after that. Sure. So I run the Talent Squad and that is a podcast guest booking agency. So we book podcast tours for entrepreneurs and authors. So I've been in media and entertainment for about 18 years. Yes, I have an Australian accent, but I actually went to college in Ohio and interned in Hollywood. So don't be fooled by the Australian accent. Um, And yeah, I've worked in back and forth from America for the past 20 years, got into radio and I was a radio announcer and did um, the Love Song Dedication Regional Show in Australia for many years, which was actually amazing and my favorite job of all time. And I started podcasting in 2007 And back then it was radio and they took out the music and they took out the ads and that's what a podcast was in radio back then. It was basically just the radio talking bits Um, and went to graduate school for radio for a year. They took 10 people in Australia and lo and behold, I was one of the 10 they picked. So, of course, I said yes. And um, yeah, got into podcasting, moved to Los Angeles where I'd been working before as an entertainment, one of those red carpet reporters back in the day mm-hmm. and wanted to get on radio and found out with this accent, no one wanted Australia on air in Los Angeles. No, completely fine. I totally understand. And got myself into writing show notes for podcasts, got myself into booking, um, produced for a network and then opened up my own podcasting agency. 
So that's a 20-year history. In a, oh. I know it was a long history, but, you know, it's a different way to get there because the way I think of it is when I was in university, Facebook wasn't invented, Google Maps wasn't invented, no one had a mobile phone, podcasts weren't invented. So I went to university for things that we had no idea about and now have a business in something that wasn't invented pretty much even just around when I went to radio school. So for me, my mind is blown every single day of the week. Same for me about the opportunities out there. So first of all, love your accent. I love it. I love your (laughs) career path because I don't talk about it too much, but I actually have a history in radio too, like way, way, way back in the dark ages, it seems like. I did radio for a little bit and then moved into TV news. But the, the background is so interesting because way back then, I don't know if the same was for you, but I thought I'd be doing it for a long, long time. But then things change and you see the opportunities. Because I remember when I started out in television reporting and doing stories, I remember thinking it's just, it's, there's a lot of power I have that we would do interviews with people. We do stories on newsmakers. We do stories on certain situations. And in order for people to get on the news, they had to go through me or someone like me or someone in my newsroom. But everything's equaled out. Everything's different. People can have their own shows. They can have their own podcasts, their own TV networks, their own um, YouTube channels, and they can get their own audience. And you've used your experience to grow that. And I think that is so, so cool. Yeah. Well, everyone has their own has the opportunity to have their own media outlet. Mm -hmm. The barrier to entry, there is none. There is zero barrier to entry. And we all have our personal brand, whether we like it or not. And we either choose to make our personal brand or it will get made for us by other people. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot in all of that. And you're absolutely right. (laughs) So I want to hear about how you made that transition. So you, from radio personality, you're on the red carpet, you're doing great interviews, then how did you make that switch to being a business owner, which which is different? It's very different. Oh, completely different. Um, and also, I think the reason why I've, why I am where I am today with the talent squad <laughs> is because I gave it a chance and in radio and they're coming around now, but podcasting has been around for a very long time. Everyone was like amateurs. It's people with the microphone under a blanket, not getting involved in it, looking down and that people were laughing at me. Totally understand. Like I was in the beginning of podcasting, I was like, oh, you know, like how the mighty have fallen, like bad attitude on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's the truth. And then I got into it and into it and into it and I became the biggest evangelist. Now I cannot stop nonstop talking about podcasts. Everyone's come around to it and it's changed the world Mm -hmm. and how we consume information. It's highlighted experts. It's done. There's podcasts on, I always use this as an example, escalators. There is a podcast for everybody on everything. And I think interests and news and point of views are getting seen that would never be seen before and you're able to have new uh, niche programming. So with you talking about all the different kinds of media, you're right. Would you be able to see this program on escalators if that's what you're into? No, because it's broadcast for the broad masses and you have to watch it at 5.03 on a Tuesday because that's when it happens to be on for two minutes. 
You can't go for a 30-minute interview with the person that invented the escalator. That's not even a thing. I'm totally making that up. Um, For 30 minutes when you feel like it driving to work. So it's changed. And for me, um, yeah, the reason I got into it was because I was working for other people. They took their employees in-house or I was a producer and it was a six-month contract. It was a nine-month contract. And I got to the point going, you know what? I know how to do all this stuff. I'm really good at it. I kind of like doing it a different way to other people. I was just ready. The time was right and I just did it. And I mean, everything yeah. has set the scene to make that happen for you as well. I mean, the, the podcast has yeah. grown. That's so awesome. Really, really it's, good. But like I said, it's the 18 years of paving that way for that to happen. It wasn't just jumping in in the beginning. So it's sort of incre- incremental steps along the way. So I've taken my radio station off air. I've had phone calls go across the air, across songs. I've like everything possible, the whole panel just stopped working. Like all the mistakes that have happened where I used to be sick before I would go on air every time I was so nervous, even though I was, you know, so everything to that point led to, okay, you can do this now. You're good. (laughs) And I think that's the case for many people. You know, this is just my situation, but other people, it's not just, okay, I'm in university, out of university, just finished high school, starting a business. It's the 50 things along the way across 18 years that prepare you for that. Okay, let's jump in. I think also all of the things that you have done have helped you build muscles to do that next scary thing. I think that's probably it. And it wasn't scary at the time. I just did it. I'm like, okay, well, I'm running my podcast agency. I already know how to do all the things. I went to podcast movement. I launched my business. I got clients and I had no idea, like you were saying about the accounting stuff and the profit and loss stuff and the QuickBooks and the contracts and the, because I think, and again, this is for many people is you're an expert in your field or you're a practitioner, but you don't have the mechanics that go along as a business owner. So in the years when you're building your business, it's not learning your skills or expertise or what you do because you do it best. It's learning the associated business like hiring contractors or hiring employees, or do you have a lawyer? Do you, what do you need? and learning it along the way. So I also say I've got a self-taught MBA with a bookshelf of all the amazing books. So instead of going to university, reading a textbook and listening to someone, which is great, don't get me wrong, college was the best time in my life. Um, But all these books is my MBA. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And things you can refer to year after year, although things do change. So I would love to hear about some of the stories that you can share from people in your organization, so podcasters you work with, and some of the things that they say are working now or used to work and maybe don't anymore because things change so quickly. I feel like when I talk with business owners, especially locally, they're like, I'm going to start a podcast. And, and, and you probably hear it more than I do. Well, people, they, they know they want to start one. And they are on the verge of starting one. But I think starting a show right now at the end of 2019 is certainly way different than starting in 2012. So absolutely. What's not? So I think there's a couple of ways to look at it. So we book pod, we put book entrepreneurs 
on tours. So Ooh. it depends where you're at and what you want to do. So do you want to start a podcast? Another way to do it is go on other people's podcasts and kind of reverse engineer what they're doing in the best way possible and then start your podcast. Because there's a thing called pod fade where people go into the podcast, they start it, they're so excited and then they realize it's actually a business unto itself and it's a beast of a, you've got to record, you've got to do the show notes, you've got to get the graphics, you've got to book the guests, you've got to do all, there's a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. And if you're not at the point where you can outsource, it's actually adding a lot of work to your plate. So, and then suddenly one episode a week becomes a behemoth that people can't control and it's too much for them. So are you ready to start a podcast? Do you know what goes into that? If yes, great. I've got more questions. If not, be a guest on other people's shows first, see how it works and then make a decision. I, I equate it to if you want to throw a party, a party on the scale of the Met Ball, Met Gala, you need to go to the Met Gala first to see what's involved. Right. So there's that. Now, the other element of if you want to start a podcast is who are you talking to and what do you want them to do as a result of you hearing on that show? Are you starting from scratch with your audience? Do you already have an audience? Is the goal the listener? Or is the goal the guests that you're having on your show? Because sometimes it can be that way. Are you chasing downloads, which I suggest that you don't? If you're a service or product-based business and your service happens to be, you know, $1,000 a client, that is way more valuable than getting 1,000 listeners, which could be a $25 CPM. Mm -hmm. So it's doing all the research up front so to know what you're doing before you just launch into it. Because like we said, the barrier to entry is so low, you really can get a microphone, like this traveling setup for me is less than $100. You can get a podcast up at the snap of a finger. So it's easy, but I think having the prep work done before and being clear is what will make it easier in the long run and have longevity. The other thing is look at doing seasons. You don't have Mm -hmm. to do 52 episodes, one episode a week for the rest of your life. You can do, okay, I want to do a 12 episode series on this topic. That's it. It's self-contained. And if you've got clients or customers, you can refer them going, you know what? I've got this podcast series. It's self-containable. It's like Netflix. When you see a series and it's 12 episodes, you're like, oh, great. I can binge that. But if it's got 180 episodes, you're like, well, that's a commitment. I'm all (laughs) in for that. That's going to take me six months to watch. So it's knowing all the things up front and there's enough information out there for you to do some good research to answer those questions. Right. That's so good. And I think for a lot of folks, at least the ones I talk to, they're not always thinking that through. They're listening to podcasts on their app on a phone and they're like, I want one of those. I know I have enough ideas. I can create this show and I'm going to do it next month or whatever. But all those questions are really good ones for them to think about. You do have enough ideas. You can make the show. You can get it out quickly. I'm not talking that down in any way. I'm just saying get out that piece of paper and plan it out ahead of time so you know what you're doing. And then you've got a little bit of a plan. But absolutely, you can do it. And the other thing, one word, batch. Mm. You can batch once a quarter and set aside a couple of days and that's got to do with your planning if you have your planning well enough done and maybe you can batch out if you do want to do all those episodes. Okay, I'm going to do once a quarter on this day, 12 episodes over two days and that's my recording done and then I'm going to farm out my show notes to, you know, it's going to be a VA, it's going to be a podcast agency, it's going to be you or it's going to be your someone from your team. 
So just, yeah, the plan up front will save you, I was going to say hundreds, but could be thousands of hours of worry. So many hours. And I know you got that from your radio days, right? Because Yes, I got absolutely. My days is, it's kind of a job. Like we would do all of these shoots all at once in the same place, different topics. It was a job. And so I guess if you look at batching your shows for your podcast as a job, it is more successful for you. You'll get them done. And that's the thing. And that's why I'm inviting everyone to think about this because podcasting is amazing and I don't want you to hate it. I want it to be the best thing that you absolutely love and look forward to. And I think when people jump into it, which who doesn't want to, hello, moved to Los Angeles to be a radio announcer, couldn't get a job, jump into things. I'm your girl. I'm here. (laughs) But um, I think that this will, it'll actually make you have podcasts for longer if you just do the Mm -hmm, mm pre-planning. Kelly, what makes a great podcast host? And then the flip side is that, what makes a great podcast guest? So if people are thinking about this, wanting to jump in on one end or the other one, what makes them amazing? So I think, you know, I think there's a thing going around of just, just wing it, just wing it. I can, I can talk. I'm good. I can just wing it. But I think winging it is a waste. And I think preparation is key. You need to think, and I realize that podcasts are amateur, you know what I mean? But you don't have to treat it in that way. As a guest, you need to go in prepared knowing, yeah, this is probably someone's side hustle and they do have an entrepreneur. They are an entrepreneur. They are a business. Um, But I think that doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to the show, look at the host social media, make sure you're prepared because the key to podcasting as a guest is, yes, it's about being a good guest, getting your keywords in there, staying on message, delivering stories, using examples, all the things. But also... As a business owner, it helps you refine your own message. Mm-hmm. It helps you realize in interactions with hosts, oh, the hosts always ask me this. Hello, that's a clue. If there's something on your one sheet or in your online press kit that is not included that hosts ask you, well, no one cares. They're not interested. Move on. Change it. Why not? What in what you're delivering is it that no one cares about? That's another clue. So it's kind of market research as well. So a good guest will prepare. They will research the host. They will, um, I, at the Talent Squad, we say practice in private before you go public because just because, just because I can walk along the street doesn't mean I'm Olympiad, doesn't mean I'm going to run a marathon. Just because you can talk doesn't mean you're a great guest. So get those practice hours in before you think, yeah, I want to go on the Tim Ferriss show, which who doesn't? He's amazing. Shout out to him if you're single. So am I. But um, <laughs> that's real. If he listens right. to the show. Um, so I think that also just have your expectations set as a good guest and know that you, you're a guest. You're in someone else's house. Don't put your dirty feet on the couch. Ask if you take your shoes off. Know what the rules are for that host and abide by them. So it's not your show. If they don't have swearing, don't go in being a sailor. But if it's a really funny show, don't go in being all buttoned up without having a laugh in your life. So it's so many, there's a lot to being a great guest other than we already expect that you have your expertise. That's 101. And I just hit my microphone and that's being a bad guest. So I'm sorry about that because I'm using my hands. (laughs) I will let it go. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Yeah. So I think, what do you think, Cheryl? You have been in this media game for a long, long time. You've done a lot of interviews as a host. So what's your point of view? 
I agree with everything you've said. The one thing I love to do is, is get an idea of who that person is, whether it's a host that you're being interviewed by, or if you're going to be a guest on someone else's show, is listening. Because everything is out there, whether it's a YouTube video or a blog post he or she has written or another podcast episode, it's all out there. Just put a Google search in for the person's name and you can hear and, and see and listen to that person and get an idea of who that person is. And then I love what you said about like tone. If they are fun, let's, get, let's have some fun because a lot of these topics are, are fun. This is not a serious, serious podcast. This show is for corporate professionals, for entrepreneurs, for experts who want to start using their story more effectively. And I talk about video a lot, but video can be the same in... Video is like one part of it, but it can also be sharing it on a podcast. So this isn't like super serious. It's fun and informative, hopefully. But really, it's about having a conversation. And I think if we focus on having that chat, I think everybody enjoys it a lot more. Yeah. And I think it's also knowing that podcasts aren't as polished as, you know, Good Morning America. It's not, but that's the freedom of it. You can kind of say what you want and go a bit deeper and really show your personality instead of thinking, I've got to get my message out there and three minutes, otherwise that's it. But also you can focus on the positive and the negative. Like you real, In order to be real, that's something you need to do. Um, get common grounds up front if you are going to talk about the positive and the negatives and get those yeses on board. Adjust the rate of your speech. You know, if someone agrees for you or disagrees, that's going to be something different in how you're speaking to the audience. Um, you can take a stand. You can be bold. You can stand for something. You don't have to be middle of the road, boring, and not actually say anything. This is the chance to, you don't have to be careful. You don't have to be reckless, but there's a lot of ways you can go as a good guest to give the host something that they don't already have. Like Mm -hmm. uh, you don't want them leaving going, eh, that was vanilla ice cream. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Like be chocolate chip cookie dough. Be the be the chubby hubby. Be the one in the ice cream aisle that you're like, oh, that's got all the good things. That's amazing. Yeah. I totally want that. But you also need to prove you're right. So mm-hmm. if you're going on saying something, back it up with some stats. Have some research. Have some case studies, you know. Mm-hmm. 86% of podcast listeners listen to all or most of the episode. So they're not just oh. going in. That's Edison Research. They do the infinite dial every year. That's great stats. And the stats for that the last few years are amazing. You can yeah. see the growth there. But what that shows me is people are consuming podcasts like a book. Like they're opening it up going, okay, well, you don't read a book and thought, yeah, I've read a chapter. That was enough. Like you're in there for the whole book. Yeah. So with a podcast, unlike radio where you turn it on again, I love radio, where you turn it on when you get in the car, turn it off and that's it. As a podcast, you'll hear people say, oh, I'm in the middle of this podcast because they're going to listen to the whole podcast and that's what you do. And they listen to it from the beginning. They don't turn on and flip a channel. Mm -hmm. So I think that knowing that and being a good guest, there's a lot that you can pack into your interview. But again, don't waste the opportunity. Be prepared. Give right. the host a good time. Be a bo- be the guest at the dinner party that everyone's like, oh, that's Cheryl. She was super fun. I loved her. I hope I get to sit next to her next time. Like be that guest. Right. Right. Come with some great stories. Come with your energy. Now, I think I know the answer. I know the answer. But I'd love to hear your take on, on this. Is it too late to get started? 
Like somebody says, okay, I'm really ready. I'm taking all of Kelly's ideas and all of her advice. Is it too late to get started? And if it's not, what should I do to get started now? Well, and again, the question goes back to if your podcast is on escalators, how many of them are there out there? Like, is it a mycology one, which I think as soon as I've said it now, I'm questioning myself, but mushroom experts. So we deal with a lot of experts at at Talent Squad, right? So we have all kinds, but there's what, 750,000 podcasts. So there's a podcast for everybody. And also who are you, depending on the podcast, again, it could be as a almost like a business card for your prospective or current clients to educate them. So what's the purpose of the podcast? Mm-hmm. So there's podcasts coming in all the time that shoot up the charts really quickly. Look at true crime. But if you want to be Joe Rogan by next week, then that's a bit of an unrealistic expectation unless you come with an audience already that's pre-built that you've been working for 20 years. And then, yeah, you might be able to get those stats. So the is it too late or is there an opportunity is dependent on your expectations and what you're actually wanting to do. Good answer. Good answer. What do you think? You said uh, you think you already know the answer. So what was your, this is two interviewers on, on a podcast. So yeah. <laughs> I can't help but ask you, but also I want to hear your expertise. Well, I love what you said about setting the expectations because when I talk to particular clients, some of them I know are not going to follow through. In which case, starting a podcast in 2020, 2021, 2025 won't matter because one show is not going to be as effective unless they are ready to commit to something more regular, whether it's a season or once every other month even. like So if they're not ready for that commitment, I feel like it's not going to be effective, even if it's a great topic. So that being said, I do think that there is a lot of opportunity. Only as what you were talking about is it could be a a, a series of FAQ podcast episodes that give uh, an an audience or a potential client or customer something to learn regarding this particular business owner or somebody's expertise. So I think it's very valuable for that. And I think that's the key to podcasting. I really dislike this word, but I don't have a better option. So if you do, please let me know. But edutainment. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, I dislike yeah. the word, but it's true. It's because true. people love podcasts because they learn something. And at the end of it, they've got actionable steps where they can go off and do something. And I'm in it because I want to learn things. And I love hearing people's stories as I have with your podcast. I got on today going, well, I'm, I've Funnily enough, I want to buy everything mango. Uh, um, yes. Because, yeah. And then and I said I was getting distracted because then I went down a rabbit hole and that's what you do with podcasting. But like you were saying with the FAQs, you can put that on your website as a business owner and then you can have that. And if someone asks you a question, you can be like, actually, I did a podcast episode on this. Or you can send that out. So it's not just a, a listen weekly podcast. Don't think of it as edutainment in that way where it has to be linear and you look at it that way. You can do little clusters and then farm them out. You can also put one on the bottom of your email signature. I send thousands of emails. So having the latest podcast that I've been a guest on or something I've produced in my email signature, huge. You were talking about how people can push it out. For me right now, LinkedIn. I'm getting huge traction on LinkedIn. People are looking at it in the way that they used to on Instagram in the way that before that 
Facebook. So people are seeing it and it's more business-minded people rather than just scrolling through, which I do. I've been known to buy footstools off in, and filters off Instagram. Like I'm a sucker buying stuff in the middle of the night, just like everyone else. But you're looking for a pretty picture just for like filing through it. Whereas when you're on LinkedIn, you're looking for a bit more, you're looking for your information mindset. So yeah. what is what mindset are people in when they're going on the platform that you are pushing it out on? Also, if you, we talk about podcasts as being the, um, the speaking engagement you can do without leaving the house, right? Mm -hmm. So with podcasts, what information are people looking for and how are you pushing that out in that way? So where are they looking for that information, right? You're good. I'm really enjoying this conversation. Oh, Thank you so much. But I wanted to give you the opportunity to tell us more about the Talent Squad. And in particular, I know you have this really great one-sheet or um, something that you give out to hosts. And I've looked at it briefly and I need to look at it again, which when I put this episode together, I will look at closely, but gives all the information about you and your background for the host. So talk talk about um, how you help your clients and what it is exactly you do so that my audience knows. Sure. So we're a podcast guest booking agency and we book entrepreneurs and authors on podcast tours. So for us, that's usually a pack of 12 or 20 interviews. Like we were saying before, it's people getting started instead of thinking, oh, I've committed to this. It's a PR retainer for the rest of my life. Can I handle it? It's you want a taste? Here's a taste. See how you like it. And But you still need to do a certain amount to get the proper traction because as you would know, it's the... Um, um, you know, you've got to get your prep ready. You've got to pitch, you've got to get booked, you've got to record, then it's got to come out. So podcasting is a long game, but we don't want you to feel trapped. So it's that. But also we, we find a lot of people that are experts in their field, don't have all their media assets ready to roll, or they don't rec- like they know they're an expert that, but somehow they come and say, I don't know what to talk about. Oh my gosh, you've actually written a book about it. You've got to MBA, you know all these things, but but it's just a different mind. We all think what we do is easy and it comes easy to us, so we can't recognize it. So we help people with their messaging, with their talking points, with an online audit. It does your website look like a dog's breakfast? Does it represent you? Because I've had people that are amazing, but if I look at their website, I would never book them because having been a producer, so I think like a producer, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I think you're amazing, but you need a facelift. And that can be as much as a new WordPress um, yeah. theme. 60 yeah. bucks on yeah. Envato Theme Forest. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be expensive. You don't need a $10,000 website. Right. Right. So, but it's having, and is your messaging consistent? So are you giving the same message on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, your website? Have you got multiple websites? Have you got yourself, your brand, your business? Like we were saying brand yourself or someone will brand you. Are your hex color codes consistent? So you need to figure get someone, cross-check yourself, get someone to cross-check you and get someone like me or you, Cheryl, to cross-check you. And then you'll, people will tell you what you can't see. And then it's coming up with, so topics, as you would know, are different to talking points, are different to media hooks. So you've got to get that situation sorted. And then you keep get your key messages boiled down, but also be able to get your sound bites ready to roll. So it doesn't mean you sound like a robot and you're just 
punching out the same thing every time, but it's so you've always got it there and you can pivot in the middle of an interview and be like, yep, got that awesome story. Yep, got that awesome stat. I've done this enough where I can just chat, 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 as opposed to deer in headlights freaking out. So I think having that prep, that's before you even say, I want to be on whatever show in whatever market, talking to whatever people, you, you need that area. And then, yes, your one sheet is basically all that boiled down into one page. So it's your excellent headshot, it's your headline, it's your social media, it's your speaking topics on one beautiful page that looks like you can just slap it on your website because it's part of that ecosystem. Yeah. And the other element is your online press kit. So this is something what you're talking about is having been a producer, I've just created what I wish existed and that people would send me when I book guests Yeah. because you want to save the producer time. So it's an online press kit and that has, because the first thing a producer will do is, can I have your bio? Can I have your headshot? Minimum, absolute minimum is what they're going to ask. Maybe they'll ask for your Skype handle. If they don't have a scheduler, you need a scheduler like Schedule Once, Acuity, one of those things. So you need to have a pitch, not a pitch arsenal, an interview arsenal ready to roll So all the host has to do is go there and go, oh, here's three different types of bios that I can pull. Oh, look, here's a podcast intro. If I want to use that, I will. Oh, here's a snapshot, 18 years experience, X amount of years on the red carpet, interview, and even down to embedding video because you want to, it's cross-check and verify. You want to go there and say, oh, yep, I can see Kelly talk. Great. Yep. She can actually talk. She seems like she's got the right energy. Oh, oh, she's been on XYZ podcast. Great. I know she's done that before. Oh, she's got a headshot. Mm, this one's not so great. Doesn't fit my brand. Yep, that one does. I'll pull that. So it's it's like a little shopping where they can just pl- yeah. pluck and choose what they want. I've gone to the extent of putting quotes on there because then if you want to share an Instagram thing, guess what? I've already made one. Done. Job done. Um, and then also I put a few podcast stats on. For, for mine, but this is, if you're an author, you're going to put your book download, right? Mm-hmm. So you change it to whatever you want it to be, but it looks good. And I think the way I look at it, that's probably saved you 90 minutes of prep time. But Kelsey, you tell me. Brilliant. Even I don't have all of that together. It's kind of here, 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 here in different places and all different areas of either my website or somewhere in the bowels of my computer. Brilliant. So I definitely want to take a look at that. And, um, and something to really think about if you're working with the media or trying to get attention in some way to put all of that together for a producer. It's great stuff. Thank you. It makes it an easy yes. Um, because the competition people think, again, we're talking about the low barrier to entry and podcasting, but it's more competitive than you think. If someone has 52 episodes, we're talking about it as a creator, as being a lot of work. It is. Please don't get me wrong. But as a guest, when you look at 52, you're like, wow, I've only got 52 possibilities of getting on that show this year. And believe me, thousands of people are pitching shows. So your competition is big to get one of those 52 spots. So whether you go through an agent like me book yourself, have a VA, have a team member do it. Mm-hmm. It needs to be done right because you have one chance. So that whole done is better than perfect thing is great for a lot of things. But when it comes to a pitch, no, I'm sorry. That's a hard no from me because you need to have your one sheet. You need to have your online press kit. That's If your subject line isn't a thriller, you're not even going to get, your email will not get opened. 
Right. And then you, the, con, the few lines that you've written need to be amazing for you to even take the next step. So the subject line gets the email open. The email then is like, okay, am I interested to, to look further? Because then, like you said, you, Cheryl, is the host, you're going to vet me. And then you're going to the website, website stock breakfast. And it's like a, going through a maze and any one of those points could be a dead end. And that's the end of play now. And you've spent all that time sourcing, vetting, crafting a personalized pitch, and then to be let down by one of the assets that you could have had ready. Right. And done it once and use it forever. Yeah. And my point isn't to scare you or say you've got all these things. It's to be like, you can do it. And if you do it and it's amazing, you're going to score goals and you're going to be so far ahead of everybody else. And you should absolutely do it. It's worth it. So good. That's so, so good. People need to listen to that again. That was so, so good. All right, Kelly, how can people reach out to you, learn more about you? Where do you want them to go? Sure. Thetalentsquad.com. And I always have a little banner at the top that you can just click that says, heard me on a podcast, and then you'll find all the good things there. Very cool. Very, very cool. Well, I'll put that in the show notes for the show. And I'm so excited that you took the time out to chat with us today. Thank you so much for being on the show, Kelly. Oh, thanks, Cheryl. It's I. I love you, big girl crush. You're amazing. Like I said before, um, I was listening to the interviews of people, and then I saw your solo shows, and the topics are so good, and I wanted to burn through them. So yeah, go back to the back catalog and listen to the one-on-one episodes as well as the interviews because they are twenty-four karat gold. Oh, thank they you. Ah, they're so good. They're so good. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll be talking at some point again soon. I know it. I hope so. Thank you, Cheryl. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, please consider leaving an honest review or sharing this show with a friend. And don't forget to sign up for the waitlist, CherylTanMedia.com slash waitlist. Until next time, I'm Cheryl Tan.